This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Abner Maris is a world champion boxer, Olympian, sports commentator, and most importantly, dad to two little girls. Beloved by abuelas and hardcore fans alike, Abner is a pro at entertaining the world in and out of the ring. On Blue Wire's new podcast, On the Hook with Abner Maris, we'll hear from Abner, his family, fellow athletes, and other people who made him the boxer and the man he is. They chat about topics such as the state of boxing, Abner's American dream, being a husband and a girl dad, and much, much more. Listen to On the Hook with Abner Maris wherever you get your podcasts. Episodes in English out on Tuesdays and episodes in Spanish out on Wednesdays. Folks, on what was another great weekend of college football, welcome back to Prospects 101, the show where we break down football prospects from all levels, high school, college transfers, college recruiting, NFL prospects, and of course, the NFL draft. As always, Prospects 101 is brought to you by our great partners of the show, Blue Wire Pods and Bet Online. Remember, you can always interact with Prospects 101 seven days a week on social media. That's at Prospects 101 Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Two-man show today, by the way, as Pastel is out on a golf trip with uh, with his brother-in-law. My brother's also with them. So I am joined, uh, two-man show, like I said, with Kenny Keller. What's up, man? What's up, Glass? How you doing, dude? Hey, man. Just It was, uh, it was a really great day of college football yesterday. I was I was just just kind of enjoying is is seeing a lot of the upsets. Yesterday yeah. was kind of one of the first days that really a lot of the stuff kind of felt normal. So it was yeah. good. It was good. You know who you know who didn't have a great day this weekend? Brandon Pastel, our co-host, because he shot a one sixteen on the golf course. And oh compared, my god, compared to your brother who shot a seventy nine. By the way. <laughs> In a, I could just imagine Pastel just hacking it up. You know what I mean? Like just like missing it, hit, just spraying balls all over the course. Just divots left and right. And I guarantee you he doesn't fix his divots either. He's that kind of golfer. He chunks it and then just walks away. And just walks away. Or he doesn't, just like throws a little grass on top. You know what I mean? How many, like, how many, how many worm burners do you think he hit yesterday off the tee box or, or Friday off the tee box that went like 50 yards? Oh gosh, ton of them. Hey, here you go. Over under. How many balls do you think he lost? Ooh, that's a good one. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, say, I'm gonna set. The, I'm gonna set the line like, at. I'm gonna set the line at sixteen. 
Ooh. I'm, I'm going to take the over myself. You know, you know, I'm not an under guy. and a half. There we go. I'm not, I'm not an under guy, so I'll take the over. A ball, a hole. That sounds about right. Yeah, I, I'm going that. I, I could, especially if he shot a 116. You think he's the worst golfer on the trip? He has to be, right? I think, I, I think so. Yeah, because I, I, they were they paired him up with the best golfer on the trip, which apparently turned out to be wrong because that was your brother, but. Apparently they t- they teamed him up with a guy who was like really 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 good to oh, try really? like ba- to try and balance out the score. <laughs> oh no! All right, uh, all right. Racking well, on pastel yeah, golf game. He's not even uh, here to defend himself. That's right. Big week <laughs> seven in the books. A uh, lot of great games yesterday, so we'll get into this uh, with some quick reactions, but. Uh, some scores that we'll be talking about today. Coastal Carolina really taking a hold of that uh, Sunbelt Conference, beating uh, the Raging Cajuns of the University of Louisiana 30-27. to BYU continues to stay hot and undefeated, beating Houston 43-26. to South Carolina with the upset of Auburn, beating Auburn 30-22. to In a thrilling shootout, Memphis beats UCF 50-49. to Kentucky with the upset of Tennessee by the score of 34 to 7. Liberty impressive showing at 5 and 0 goes in and and beats an ACC opponent Syracuse 38 to 21. Notre Dame beats Louisville 12 to 7. Florida State with the upset of the day over UN number 5 ranked UNC 31 to 28. And then, of course, the biggest game of the day which was Bama versus Georgia. Uh Bama really pulls away in the second half. 41 to 24. Kenny, what kind of stood out to you? What's some quick quick reactions based on some of those scores? To all the pollsters out there, do the right thing and rank Coastal Carolina. Chance up, baby. Let's go. I'm so impressed with that team. They are a really fun team to watch. I don't know if you caught a lot of the game, Gless, since it was on a, uh, kind, of a kind of a random night because it was a Wednesday night with a reschedule. But, man, their offense is so fun to watch. It, it reminds me a lot of what Rich Rod ran at West Virginia, they're running like this spread option out of the gun. It's really fun. They run a lot of offset stuff out of the gun. It, it, it's it was impressive to watch. It was really Grayson McCall's a freshman. He's tearing it up. Coastal's for real, guys. Like they're not maybe the best G five team in the country, but they are a really really upper tier G five team. Exciting to watch what the Shants are doing. Uh, my my favorite G five team though, in terms of who I think's the best, BYU rolled again. I mean Houston just came off putting up a 50-burger on Tulane, and then they come out they come out and, and you know pretty much put it on Houston, 43-26. The game was a little closer than the score showed, but honestly, really because it wasn't because BYU really didn't wake up until the fourth quarter. So for them to kind of to kind of play with Houston and put them away was was really good to see. Uh, Liberty, are they for real? They might be the best team in Virginia, Gless. Virginia. That's right. That's Vir- right. <laughs> generally, the Commonwealth Cup is Virginia versus Virginia Tech, but this year it might be Virginia Tech versus Liberty because Virginia stinks, Coach. They, they do stink. And but, then, uh, but you're right. But you're right. I mean, Liberty goes into Virginia Tech in two weeks, and mm-hmm. I tell you what, that's not going to be your normal Virginia Tech Liberty game. So that's that'll that'll be one to keep an eye on here in a couple weeks. Yeah, FSU seems to at least uh, have found their quarterback. Is he all world? No, but the last two and a half games, you know, because he came in in the second half versus Jacksonville State uh, last week and then this week, FSU's moved the football. They found life on offense. So while Jordan Travis might not be 
the long-term answer at quarterback. They might not be the franchise quarterback. He is the quarterback who can move the football for Florida State, and they pulled the upset off. So good for Mike Norvell for trying different things, and it looks like he's at least steadying the ship a little bit. And then my last thought is Bama rolls. I, I wasn't surprised. I said it on our preview show. I thought it was going to be a game where, you know, the score was, was – I, I said 31-17. It ended up being 41-24. But it never really felt close. It felt like Bama kind of let them hang around in the first half because they just weren't playing good football. And then in the second half, they cleaned it up and just throttled Georgia. Um, business as usual. Georgia just can't seem to beat Alabama. Other big news, quick reaction about the Bama-Georgia game. Kenny, you hit a big fatty with this one. Yes. I, I was my <laughs> biggest, this was my biggest bet of the weekend. I put 150 bucks on Bama covering um, covering four. I, I took them last Sunday on the with the freshest lines. They opened up as uh, four-point favorites. I took them to cover. I thought that was an easy line, and it was. Were, were you a little nervous when Saban was – was set home this week about that when you put that bet in on Sunday? I, I'm not going to lie. I did panic a little bit on, I think it was Wednesday when they made the announcement. Like, I, text, I texted Pastel. I think it was UN Pastel off the air, and I was like, you know what? I kind of want to see this game as a fan, but I wouldn't be upset if they postponed it. Yeah. <laughs> but it all, it, all wor- it all worked out. It all worked out. I'm going to get into Bama here in a second. Uh, just some quick uh, thoughts for me. One, you know, what is the deal with Notre Dame? And and can they get it together on offense? The offense has been ext- less than stellar. Ian Book has been very underwhelming this year. I mean, they escaped a Louisville team, to be honest with you, that Notre Dame should go in there and be able to easily put up 30 to 40 points. Notre Dame doesn't seem to be able to get it together on offense, so I don't think that they're as good as advertised right now. We're going to be able to see, I believe, in two weeks when they go play Clemson, but, man, mm. I, I, I tell you what, they, they looked bad on offense yesterday. Um, a couple, and ba- a, go ahead. Go a, ahead. A couple weeks ago, I, I was really hyped for that Notre Dame-Clemson game. And then to see the performances both teams put on yesterday with Clemson dropping 73 on Georgia Tech and then Notre Dame only scoring 12 on uh, Louisville, and now I'm like, that game might be yeah. a lot. I think Notre Dame's pretty good on defense, but, man, they got a lot of work to do on offense, which is very interesting because during the Brian Kelly era – I don't think Notre Dame has really ever had issues at scoring points. Mm-hmm. They always score points. They, they've just never really been able to stop anybody. Um, kind of second notification, Kenny, Bama's for real. This is the best offense, and, and I mean when I say this, this is the best offense Alabama has ever had in any of these years that they've kind of started this dynasty since 2008. What they have at the receiver position is the best receiving core in football. I will argue to the death anybody on that. Um they're fast, they're shifty, they can hit you downfield, they can run underneath routes, they're great after the catch. I think that they have a really good tight you know, a tight end part of the passing game. Obviously, Najee Harris, enough to say about him. He's a big bruiser, can really do it all. And Mac Jones has been such a pleasant surprise in the past. Take Tua out of it. Bama has always kind of had a game manager in A.J. McCarron or um, – Greg McElroy, kind of a guy to just keep the chains moving, kind of make a big throw here or there late in games. Mac Jones is for real. This guy can do it all. He can throw it all over the field. Extremely accurate. Doesn't have the arm strength Tua has, but again, like I said, this is the best offense that they've had at Alabama ever since I can remember. Uh, Tennessee being Tennessee. Uh, look, <laughs> I, thought, 
I thought last week they really played hard against Georgia. They just didn't have enough to beat them in the fourth quarter. But then they go out and just lay a dud against Kentucky. Kentucky really had control that game early on. Uh, I was very surprised to see Tennessee be so lackluster on offense. Uh, I don't know if they were looking ahead to the Alabama game next week, but they just it, it was like they just didn't even show up. So very disappointing to kind of see Tennessee like that. And then UNC. Oof. What the hell, bro? What what was that? I mean, Florida State is quite possibly the worst P5 program, not not program, team in America here in 2020. And they absolutely laid an egg. They were down 24 to nothing at one point, giving up over 240 yards of rushing offense to Florida State. Now, Florida State may have found their quarterback, but his stats weren't very good yesterday either, but at least they're moving the ball. So <clears throat> UNC, obviously a pretender. You can't lose to Florida State and actually call yourself a contender in the ACC. So yeah. Yeah. If, anything, I, I, if anything, Clemson's got to be excited about that because now it's just like, who, who's going to play us in the ACC? And I, I don't know if yeah. they're going to have any challenges. I mean, I mean at this point, all, this, all the stats and all the simulations are pointing to an inevitable Notre Dame Clemson ACC title game, which yeah. I, I now now I think Clemson's going to railroad Notre Dame twice this season, once in the regular season, once in the ACC championship as well. But, but yeah, I'm with you, Gless. I, I think a lot of the shock value came from UNC being ranked five yesterday, and I, I'm almost sick to my stomach because I'm kind of defending UNC a little bit here, and it makes me nauseous to do that because they're my least favorite team. But look, they were overranked, and I, and and. Fair or unfair, it's because nobody else is playing. They weren't the fifth best team in the country. I think this is That's a little true. bit more. This is a little bit more of an upset. This is a little less of an upset than when people probably give it credit for. Like everybody sees that Florida State beat this top five team and they really hammered them in the first half, and it was like, oh my gosh, this is supposed to be a top five team. They're frauds. Okay, they might not be as good as five, but UNC, they're not the fifth best team in the country, and, and it's unfair to say that because teams like Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan. Um, you know, USC, Oregon weren't playing, you know, so I, it was an upset, but to me, it wasn't as grave or as big as an upset as, as everybody made it seem to be. And, you know, after the, after the game, I read all these tweets, they were like, oh, they ranking, people who rank it got it so wrong, putting them fifth. It's like, well, who else are you going to put fifth? You got to put somebody fifth. Yeah, I agree with you. And especially last week against Virginia Tech, with Virginia Tech missing as many, players as they they did to really kind of luck out yeah. there at the end and 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 almost lose Virginia Tech kind of was like uh eh, is UNC really that good and then kind of we saw it yesterday it was it, it was hard to watch i mean that team pound for pound should be able to, to just blow Florida State out of the water and for whatever reason it just didn't happen yesterday so some quick reactions Kenny who were some risers yesterday in terms of prospects that really played well and really caught the eyes of scouts yeah, for me, I, I thought Hendon Hooker was was really dynamic yesterday. I mean, he ran for 164 yards, three touchdowns, uh, threw for 111. They didn't need to pass that much. He only had 15 attempts, but in a touchdown, he had four total touchdowns. Looked super efficient through the air. Looked dynamic on the ground. Looked very athletic. And hey, Justin Fuente, dummy, wake up! This is your starting quarterback. I don't know why you've been playing this game where. He is or isn't the quarterback. He's your quarterback. You would probably be 4-0 if you started Hendon Hooker last week against UNC and be on board for a special season. Now you've got your quarterback. He's clearly the top option. 
go run the rest of the ACC because you're probably the third best team right there with UNC outside of Notre Dame and Clemson. Uh, Another guy who caught my eye was Najee Harris. And this isn't one of his biggest performances. He's obviously had like bigger numbers. He had 150 yards rushing yesterday, five yards of carry and a touchdown. Um, You was, didn't really do much in the receiving department, but man, he ran hard. He ran physical. He was the tone setter in the second half for that football team against a very, very elite Georgia defense. Coming into today's, coming into yesterday's matchup, Georgia had was on pace for historically one of the best analytically f- defensive football seasons in, in, in college football history. Like they were top five at that point, and all he did was go in and just churn out yards. Like I said, it wasn't necessarily his best statistical day, but to me it was one of the most impressive performances going up against borderline, you know, a partial NFL defense because there's a lot of NFL players on that Georgia defense. And Najee Harris proved that he's going to be a force to be reckoned with at the next level by what he did to that Georgia defense. Uh, Another guy that impressed me was Hudson Clark, DB out of Arkansas. Uh, You know, what did he do yesterday? He only had three interceptions. Uh, Just absolutely balled out yesterday against a very good Ole Miss team. And man, Arkansas might be legit. Sam Pittman's got these boys playing. They're two and two. They've played tremendous defense. Uh, minus the fourth quarter of the Georgia game, they helped. But they, they've been in every game they've played so far. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Georgia I think had ten points going into the fourth quarter against Arkansas, and that game was very much up in the air until they finally pulled away in the fourth. But they they should have beat Auburn. They got hosed last week on a very very botched review where where uh Bo Nix fumbled on the spot <laughs> threw on a backwards pa- pass on a spike but Arkansas's for real I mean uh, Ole Miss just dropped 48 on Alabama and all Arkansas did was hold them 21 and like I said Hudson Clark man three interceptions have a day player and then uh the next guy who really got me excited was Quincy Roche sorry Quincy Roche man four tackles for loss half a sack seven total tackles just all up in Pittsburgh's backfield last He's week. having an outstanding season, by the way, because we seem to mention him every single episode. Dude, he is for real. I kind of had some doubts coming from the AAC because I was like, well, are his numbers inflated because the AAC throws the ball a lot? Did he have just more opportunities to rush the quarterback than the average defensive end last year? He's kind of undersized. Like, I had my questions. I'm not going to lie. And he has done nothing but answer the bell at every at every game this season. And, man, what a game yesterday. Like I said, he was just all over the place making plays. Uh, really impressed with the way he, he stepped up this season. And then my last guy really caught my eyes, Brady White. And, and hey, good for you, kid. You're, you're proving me wrong because two weeks ago you were on my, my falling list because of your performance against SMU. Would you do yesterday with your season on the line and your conference championship hopes, any chance you might have at winning the AAC on the line against UCF, you went out and threw six touchdowns and 480 yards passing. Like just absolutely slinging the ball over the place. Not only that, you had a rushing touchdown. So you had seven total touchdowns yesterday, Gless. I mean, just accounting for every single one of Memphis's touchdowns. It is absolutely incredible. A, a huge performance by Brady White when Memphis needed him most to get a big conference win against UCF. 
Yeah, huge conference win, and man, that was a whale of a game to watch, especially how it ended. But, I mean, they went toe-to-toe with the UCF offense, and I wasn't sure if Memphis was going to be able to do that based on what they had done this year so far, but they looked outstanding on offense yesterday, really picking apart a UCF defense and, you know, really going toe-to-toe with kind of the biggest bully on the uh, on the biggest bully on the yard. So it's good to see that. That game is – it was funny. I was actually wa- walking into the sports bars that was going on, and as the kicker missed it, throws down, <laughs> fight breaks out. <laughs> I was like, oh my god! It was a, it was a little it was a little salt it was a little bit of salt on that UCF sideline after the game. That's a little sure. bit of salt, a little bit of salt. All right, well here's some guys that that I thought uh, rose yesterday in the eyes of scouts and prospects. Uh, Zach Wilson, quarterback at BYU. This guy is quietly. Uh, should be in the Heisman conversation and is one of the best quarterbacks in the country. 25 for 35, 400 yards, four touchdowns, also did some damage with his leg. This guy is for real. I think he is kind of a unique dual threat. Reminds me a lot of Russell Wilson is who he reminds me of, and that might be his best pro comparison. Uh, I love Zach Wilson, love everything that they're doing at BYU, and he did nothing but further his stock yesterday. Janarius Robinson, defensive end of Florida State. I think this was his coming out game. Kenny had two sacks, three solo tackles, and three tackle for losses. He was all over the place in the UNC backfield, really making it hard for Sam Howell and that UNC offense to get going. Uh, No surprise here, Devonta Smith. People talking about Georgia defense being one of the best statistical defenses of all time. Devontae Smith said, hold my beer. 11 catches, 167 yards, two touchdowns. He showed why he is the best receiver in America and will quite possibly be the first first receiver taken. Basically, you know, if, if for whatever reason, Jamar Chase, it doesn't work out, maybe because he didn't play this year. Devontae Smith is having an absolutely outstanding season, and what he did against the Georgia secondary yesterday was a lot of fun to watch. Uh, Dylan Moses, middle linebacker for Alabama, 10 tackles, 5 solo, had a sack, had a tackle for loss. He has a lot of holes in his game that I think that will end up being addressed as the year goes by just because he just hasn't had a lot of games. But a lot of these plays he made here were just natural ability. I mean, he's the best pure defender on the field, on that Alabama defense. And you could see that yesterday. Uh, But really made his presence felt against Georgia. And then the little guy, uh, Sherdo Lewis, running back out of Liberty. 5'8", 170 pounds, little running back out of Florida. Got a lot of playing time as a true freshman last year. 170 yards and two touchdowns against an ACC opponent in Syracuse. Liberty goes into the Carrier Dome and wins. Huge win for that program, but uh, Sherdo Lewis was a huge reason why. So those were five guys that I really thought that stood out. I'm glad you brought him up, Gluts, because I almost put him on the list, and I, and I decided to go with um, Brady White there at the end. But Sherdo Lewis was definitely – on my radar, man! What a performance! What an awesome performance for that kid! I'm, I'm, I'm really happy to see him do well. And hey, Dylan Moses, way to answer the gauntlet I threw down on our preview show the other day. He was my, he was one of my prospects to watch. And I said, dude, you've been quiet so far this season. Ole Miss just embarrassed you guys on offense. I embarrassed your defense with their offense last week. I was like, this is your your team. Sertan is good. He's a great cornerback, but you're the heart of this defense. You have to show up, and you have to make plays to stop this Georgia defense or offense. 
and and win the game. This is this is where you turn your season around. And sure enough, he did. I'm super pumped to see him finally get back in the in the game. I think he just had to knock some rust off the first couple games of the season, but he looked back in a big way last night. Yeah, like I said, I, I still think he's got holes in his game, but I thought last night he really made his presence known. And, and I agree with you, kind of been quiet. I mean, the Alabama defense has been less than stellar all year, but they came out last night and played really well on the biggest stage so far. So happy to see him <clears throat> see him play well there. Kenny, how about some stock market fallers? Who who really fell yesterday based on their play? Uh, Jarrett Garantano is my first one. Oh, man, what an awful game. Is he, was, <laughs> he had 88 yards passing, 4.2 yards average attempt, two picks, and a QBR of 4.4. I mean, just blah. And, and – Look, Jared Garantino has never been mistaken for the guy, you know, like, oh, my gosh, this is the next big thing at Tennessee. But, man, at some point, where do you just turn the page on this kid? I mean, he's a, he's a senior now. He he's This is who he is at this point. He shines against lesser competition, and then when he faces any sort of tough defense, he folds. You know, he makes bad decisions. He's always been a questionable decision maker. If you if you have doubts about that, go look at his what he did against Alabama last year at the goal line. I mean, just I I don't get it. it, it for Tennessee to take the next step and and get back to where they once were, they've got to find a new quarterback. I think I just I don't know. I I, I think I think his time in Tennessee should be over with. I, I'm just not sold. He's the guy for Tennessee moving forward. And at this point, what do you have to lose? So my next guy who disappointed me yesterday, um, yeah, I don't want to be too critical on him, but Eric Stokes, cornerback from Georgia. This is a guy who's got a lot of good press uh, uh, surrounding him about being a, a, a big-time NFL cornerback, you know, a day-one pick, a potential day-one pick. Is he an elite prospect? No, but there's there's rumors of him going day-one, early day-two. And, you know, for what he's supposed to be really good at, where you know, hard press, soft and bail, you know, he didn't. He did not do good yesterday. He did not do well. You know, whether he was on Waddle or when he was on Devontae Smith, they ate him up. Both guys had over 150 yards receiving. Uh, he had a very, very bad pass interference penalty in the end zone on on third down, which really blew the game open because Alabama was going to kick a field goal. Instead, they went up by two touchdowns um, once they got the automatic first down at the two, and just. It just did not look like he was ready for elite competition. I was really disappointed. I was I was really excited to see him square up against the best receivers in college football, and they just ate his lunch. So I'm not going to be too harsh on him. It's one game, but it's strike one against elite competition. So I, I, he's going to have to really prove himself and play spectacular football the rest of the year to really make up for this game. Uh, my second one was UVA quarterbacks. Woof, Gless. Woof. It doesn't matter. Keyon Thompson, Lindell Stone. It didn't matter who they put it. They played, I think, four quarterbacks yesterday, or three quarterbacks oh. yesterday, and they were all awful. They they only put up three points in the second half against Wake Forest. Wake Forest, by the way, my favorite team, has one of the worst defenses in P five. And they were and they didn't throw I think they threw one touchdown pass yesterday. That was it. It was not a good performance for the quarterback. And also, I have a bone to pick. Like, I think it's cool when a quarterback has a different number. Like, Lindell Stone for UVA wears number 36. And I think that's pretty cool, you know, if there's one guy. Except their other two quarterbacks wear number 98 and 99. So, <laughs> their three so quarterbacks. Nuts. It's such a donk thing. Like, okay, one's cool. 
three? Come on, you guys look like idiots, especially when you're not good. Like, if you're going to wear, like, not a traditional quarterback number, you got to be good. And all three quarterbacks were awful. UVA's in for a long season. I'm not looking forward to hearing Pastel chirp all over UVA come the Commonwealth Cup because Virginia Tech is going to smoke them. Yeah. Um, that's not going to be good. And the last guy who really disappointed me, and, and like, like he, like the quarterback who shall not be named in Cincinnati, this guy is now on my blacklist. I will not talk about him anymore. And that's Bo Picks. I'm sorry. Excuse me. <laughs> Bo Nix. Ah. This guy, like, we've been, I mean, we've been saying it since preseason. He's a fraud. The fact that he was preseason or that he was a SEC freshman of the year last year, it still boggles my mind and is not talked about enough. But this guy, all he did yesterday was they they blew the game against South Carolina, and in reality, they blew the game against Arkansas. They needed to get bailed out by a, a, a technicality in a review last week to win it. But Auburn's two and two. They they and in reality, they should be one and three. Bo Nix, 270 yards passing yesterday, five point, another meager game of 5.8 yards in attempt, one touchdown, three picks, and the three picks weren't even close. Like, and it no, wasn't they were ugly. He, they were ugly and had, picks. And he had time. Like, if you go back and watch a lot of that game yesterday, he had a clean pocket. This wasn't like his offensive line broke down. There was one play I counted. He had seven seconds and went through multiple progressions. At that point, that alarm's got to be going off in your head to either scramble or throw the ball away. And he threw an awful pick in the in in their territory. So South Carolina got the ball in plus territory. I mean, just an awful game. Bo Nix, I'm done with you. You got to prove. You got to go beyond a shadow of a doubt the rest of the way for me to mention your name anymore. You are blacklisted along with the Cincinnati quarterback. I'm done with you, Bo Nix. You're you're off the show for me. I'm gonna go a big faller yesterday for me. It was Ian Book, quarterback from Notre Dame. This was a guy that I thought with a really good season could be in the conversation to be a second or third round draft pick. I'm not even sure if he's draftable at this point. I mean, all year it's been less than stellar. Yesterday against Louisville, a very mediocre defense at best. 11 for 19, 106 yards, no touchdowns. But this has kind of been his theme all year. There's nothing down the field. He's dinking and dunking when he can. There's not a lot of yards after catch for Notre Dame receivers. Notre Dame doesn't have any way to extend the field vertically. And mm-hmm. Ian Book's certainly not helping that cause. So yeah, he's kind of my faller yesterday. But let me get right into the he stinks, Coach, because I got three really good ones. Two I've already talked about, but this guy I haven't talked. Actually, and I have an honorable mention i got to throw out here because I was told to do it. But I, I'll bring that one in last. Uh-oh. First one. Matt Corral, quarterback from Ole Miss. Not only is this guy a turd off the field, because I do think he's a turd, 20 for 38, 200 yards, two touchdowns, and six interceptions. How does that happen? A QBR of nine. He stinks, coach. Get him out of there. It was just awful to watch yesterday. I don't don't know how you throw six picks and and you stay in the game. Uh, next guy, Jared uh, Garantano, quarterback from Tennessee, we already talked about. He stunk yesterday. 88 yards, two picks, QBR of four, uh, 4.4 against a Kentucky defense that I think is also middle of the pack in the SEC. Again, he doesn't show up. He's a fraud. He's a pretender. But ultimately, he stinks, coach. UNC's defense gave up 432 yards of offense 
took Whoa. Florida State. Florida State is one of the worst offensive teams in, in Division One football. What was even more atrocious was the run defense, giving up 241 yards to Florida State on the ground. What's terrible about that is Florida State has one of the worst offensive lines in Division One. UNC defense, man, they stunk yesterday, Coach. They were pretty awful. So those are my three. Now, the next one, I'm going to give a shout-out to my boy Nate Work on this, who's the original He Stinks coach, and he wanted me to give this a shout-out, and I think there's a lot there's a lot of credence to this. You know who stinks at developing quarterback NFL talent? Uh-oh. Urban Meyer, coach. He stinks at Ooh. developing quarterbacks for the National Football League. Only guy's been able to develop – Alex Smith, that's it. Everybody else has been garbage. Yeah, yeah, you think about it, it's it's kind of wild. Uh, he's won all these games and all these national titles. And, okay, I get it. Yeah, Tebow, you know, had his time in the NFL, but he was never really a, a true NFL quarterback. Like, it, you never looked at him and saw, like, okay, this guy's going to be a franchise quarterback, even though I love Tim Tebow. But, yeah, look back at all his teams. None of those guys ever did anything in the NFL much less even, like, made a marginal of an impact outside of Alex Smith, and then Tim Tebow won one playoff game. Yeah, that was it. I mean, if you look if you look at his the the days at Ohio State, that's what was wild, right? I mean, you had all yeah. these guys that were setting records, but none of them played in the league. Yeah, like, I think Hask, Hask, well, it was Haskins, Haskins was the last quarterback under Meyer, right? He was. He was. Yeah. That was really it. That's the, and that's the last – that's the – yeah, Haskins, who – by all accounts, looks terrible in the NFL, which sucks because I was a big Haskins guy. Um, but, yeah, Barrett. Um, who's the other cat? Um, Braxton Miller. Um, Cardell yeah, Jones. They, Ty, Terrell Pryor. You know. Yeah, wow. that's I, I never thought of that, man. Yeah. Think, think about the days at Florida, too, before that. I mean, the, now he inherited Leak, but, you know, Leak – Leak didn't do anything in the pros. He, yeah, it's kind of wild if you go through all that stuff. But I will not tolerate any Chris Leak slander on this podcast. Unless <laughs> will not tolerate it. If, if he was playing today, he'd be a first round pick. He was only because he was five ten in an era where everybody thought you had to be six six to play. You had to be six six play quarterback in the league. Agree. Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now 
to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December 31st. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. So listen closely, Brandon Pastel. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch. Speaking of watching, I am super excited to see Cam Newton continue just to tear up the league in that New England Patriots offense. I have a question for the rest of the NFL, especially for about 10 teams who really, really could use a quarterback to take them to the next level. What were you thinking? Cam Newton is unbelievable, and I'm excited to see him win Coach Bill Belichick his seventh championship ring and win his first championship ring for himself. I'm I'm super excited. Pepsi, it's the refreshment you need through any game day because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. All right, let's go. Let's go through some rapid fire here. Kenny, current Heisman vote. Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence is the easy answer here. I want to do something different, so I'm going Mac Jones. I think Trevor Lawrence has played against the sister of the poor. Mac Jones <laughs> balled out against the best defense in the country, throwing for it, 417 yards. So I, I like Mac Jones today. They're the only two options right now, in my opinion. They're they're the easy they're the they're they're one yeah. A one B for sure. I think there's definitely a case you made for Mac Jones, and you could tell Clemson, by the way, might be thinking about this a little bit because they were they they were up fifty points at half, almost fifty points at halftime yesterday, and Lawrence came out and played like half the third quarter and was still throwing the football. So they're they're clearly trying to pad his stats for some Heisman recognition. Uh, most fraudulent undefeated team. We don't have many undefeated teams, by the way, but most fraudulent. SMU. Really? Interesting. It, pain, it pains me to say that, but every game, to me, I feel like the other team lost more than they won. Like, they just did just enough to win it. I, I They just don't play complete games, and I'm, I'm, I think that's going to come to an end very, very soon. Uh, I'm going to go Notre Dame here. Very very ugly 4-0. I think they're 4-0. They're 4-0 or 5-0. They're undefeated, yep. but it's been very underwhelming. Um, and I think when they go play Clemson, they are going to get boat raced. I don't know what that opening line is, but I, I'm definitely hammering the over, probably the money line in that one too. Um, <clears throat> most undervalued team right now? Uh, I'm going to say BYU. I love BYU. I don't think they get a lot of love. I know they. I know they didn't necessarily open the season with the greatest of schedules, but Look, good teams throttle bad teams. I, I say it always. Like, the, I don't care if it's a good team versus a bad team. If you're a good team, you better win by 20 or plus points. Like you better, like you say, let's boat race them. And they've boat raced everybody on the schedule other than UTSA, who plays teams tough. It is what it is. They're three and two, yeah. you know. So, I, but they, I mean, they, I thought they put, to, uh, put a really good Houston team to bed. And I think BYU has an argument for the best G5 team in the country. Uh, I'm going to go Virginia Tech here. I've been extremely impressed with what they've been able to do on offense. They've been able to score a lot of points. They, you know, boat race an NC State team, which which with each week looks better and better. I thought that initial week that NC State was like, oh, that team's garbage. NC State's reeled off three in a row, and I think that – is it Dave Dorian? I think Dave Dorian's going to save his job. 
because I think that they're going to win a good amount of games in the ACC. Yeah. I really like Virginia Tech's running game. I like what they're doing on offense. And what they've been able to do starting 3-1 and one with all of the distractions, with all of the players that couldn't play, with the defensive coordinator not being able to be there and coach during the first three games, it's been wild the amount of adversity that this team has faced. And all they've done is come out and been 3-1. and one. And to be quite honest with you, it could easily have been 4-0, had a couple things fell the way. Uh, the, I'm sorry, they could have been 5-0 and if things would have kind of fell – the way that they could have against UNC. So I'm going Virginia Tech here. So, so you mean if Justin Fuente wasn't their head coach? Uh, I, I, I would agree with that. He, you know what? He may get bailed out this year, though. Dude, he's he, going to be the – he's going to – I, I kind of like it because they're going to do well this year. He's going to get a fat extension with a fat buyout. And then the next four years, he's going to be like, you know, bleh. He's gonna be blocked be with his with his with his bottom third recruiting classes that he keeps bringing in the ACC. By the way, they're eleventh this year again. Yeah. Uh, I mean, th- these next two are pretty pretty straightforward. Big Ten champ. Hard to say any different since we haven't seen the games. Yeah. But Ohio State. Yeah, Ohio State's kind of the. I I don't even. I mean, Penn State may give them a run, but they're in the same division. So, yeah. uh, Mountain West champ as they get going. Boise. I, I thought about Air Force for a second, but I think I, Boise until they prove otherwise. When does that kick off? By the way, the, oh, that's why I have week? these. That's why. I, that, yeah, they kick off next week. Big Big Ten uh, and Mountain West are back in business next week. Does I got to look at the schedule? That Boise Air Force game is going to be a must watch because that's basically going to determine who's the Mountain West champion. So yeah, and like, Boise. By the way, Boise plays BYU later on in the year too, which I'm really excited for one. that game. Yeah, yep. that's going to be a great uh, game. Uh, coach who can't win the big games. Jim Harbaugh. He hasn't beat Ohio State yet and just doesn't seem like they do well in big-time situations. Like, I think they've won – I think they finally won a, their first New Year's Six Bowl game um, last year. Correct me if I'm wrong, but they just don't seem to play well when the stakes are high. Uh, I'm going Kirby Smart here. I've been beating this drum for about two years, but I always like to rub it in the face. But – Kirby Smart can't beat Alabama, can't beat LSU in a championship game. They Now, they beat Oklahoma in the Rose Bowl three years ago, which was impressive, took overtime. I was pretty heartbroken about that because I wanted yeah, Oklahoma to win that game. Yeah. Um, you know, lost the national championship. I just think when the stakes are the highest, Georgia tends to fall short. And uh, unfortunately, when you're the head coach, it really falls on your shoulders. So I'm going Kirby Smart there. Um, hot seat. Kenny, any coaches we got in the hot seat? Man, I, 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 Gus Malzahn's got to be on it. Now, I know there's a lot of stuff at play because he's got a $25 million buyout, which me and you were texting about that last night, Gless, and his agent deserves every penny of the commission for negotiating that contract. But I about to say, I, I need that I need that guy. Gu- <laughs> I need that Gus guy Mal- to negotiate yeah. that contract. Look, Gus Malzahn, I, I, underwhelming at Auburn again, not developing a quarterback again. You're like, yeah. I don't know. I, I just think he's got to be on the hot. He's got to have the hottest hot seat because now, like, if you look at their schedule the rest of the way, it is not easy. I I would not be surprised if this team finishes 500 or below the rest of the year. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna go Tom Herman here. I think a, a what are they two and two, losing the Red River shootout the way they did. As good as Sam Ellinger has been on offense, again the 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 inability to get it to get the defense together and the ability to really change the program 
and the way that people see that. They have one big win, you know, when they won the Sugar Bowl and beat Georgia. But other than that, Tom Herman's time there at Texas has been very underwhelming. Losing to TCU and then losing to Oklahoma in the Red River shootout. I think Todd, Her- Todd Herman, Tom Herman's seat is pretty hot. I think if he has a losing season, I think he's canned. If they go like, you know, you know, say they go, you know, four and two in the way out, I think his job is still still saved, probably due to a big buyout. And the other thing is, who else are you going to hire? Right? Yeah. Like, who else is out there to kind of take that job? So, um, but I do think his seat's the hottest uh, as of right now. I was going to say Will Muschamp, but South Carolina's played well. South Carolina's played really well, and they upset Auburn yesterday. Um, I could see them beating a Tennessee or and giving – well, no, they already played Florida in week one, but they, they gave Florida all they could handle in week one, I thought. They, I thought they played pretty yeah. well. So. Yeah, I, I think Muschamp's going to save his job. I really do. I think I, – as long as they go 500, I think he'll save it with a COVID-type season, with the season being impacted the way it is by COVID. I think they'll, I think he'll save it for sure. Yep. As always, you can follow Prospects 101 on social media. That's at Prospects 101 Pod, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Great way to stay up to date with the show. As we continually release our content, remember we're releasing uh, episodes twice a week, doing our instant recap show. Every sun, uh, every Sunday, and then of course our uh, weekend preview show, which we drop in the middle of the week. Stay tuned on, you know, follow us on social media to stay up to date with that. Uh, make sure that you subscribe and download our podcast on your favorite podcast platform, so you can have our most recent episodes downloaded straight to your phone. Uh, listen to us, please give us a five star review as well. Uh, appreciate that. Continue to spread the word as we get a lot of. Great feedback as we are in the heart of the college football season. And we got a big week. We got a big show coming up this week because I believe the Big Ten is starting. The Big Ten and the Mountain West. Um, and the Mountain West kicks off. So this next show should be a lot of fun, really covering a lot of those week one matchups for those two new conferences. But for Kenny, I'm Gless. We will talk to you guys next week as we will preview week eight of this college football season. The wait is finally over. Football is back. My soul cries out hallelujah. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to BetOnline today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts.